Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is a podcast from The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Hello, I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and this is the sixth season of the game, so I'm looking forward to getting a statue in my honor sometime in the next 119 years. And by the way, before somebody calls me self-absorbed, like somebody did on Twitter the other week, um, Chris, the producer, writes the script for me. Don't blame him. This week, I'm joined by Matt Holland, George Calkin, and Patrick Barkley. Later on, we'll be discussing what on earth is going on with English sides in Europe. But first, let's head to the Britannia. Right. Plenty of love for Tottenham on this uh, uh, podcast because it's the second straight week, of course, that we talk about them. Um, but away to Stoke, things didn't exactly go to plan. That incredible run, uh, I think it was, what was it, 10 of, uh, of 11, um, comes to an end. Patty, uh, Stoke, deserving? Yeah, well, <clears throat> no, I think... I, I, I would Picking on Stoke already. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was 2-all. Uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. I think it was a draw. Uh, I think 2-all would have been a fair result because of uh, sort of ref- the balance of refereeing decisions. But a uh, tremendous game. One, a tremendous second half, should I say. But Spurs lost it, clearly, um, in the first half. A little bit lackadaisical in defence when le- there was a Ledley king-sized hole in that defence. Uh, Gallus is not in the same class, um, and uh, I think they paid for that. Um, Can you say no longer in the same class, please? Gallus is one of my all-time favourite yeah, players. Yeah, actually, I would I would like to qualify that. I would say that Gallus is no longer Thank in the you. same class as Ledley King. Quite well, well corrected. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, an absolutely great game of football. Uh, you know, I'm trying to avoid the, the phrase "contrast in styles." Well, uh, contrast in halves as well. I mean, certainly, you know, first half I thought Stoke were the better side, and, and Spurs were in the second half. It's such a shame that when you have such a, a fantastic game, end to end, chances galore, uh, plenty of talking points. That actually, the one thing that we are talking about the next day is the referee and some of the decisions that the officials made as well yeah, which linesman. the linesman I think that was the, the, the worst, the worst of all absolutely I mean Adebayor was quite clearly two yards onside yeah. um, now of, of course the, I think the handball on the line is a, is a difficult one it happens so quickly the yeah. shots hit with power it's a difficult one to spot I think the Kabul sending off was unfortunate and I, I didn't think it was a red card I think the, the, certainly the, the second yellow I thought was a soft one um, but the offside goal 
for Adebayor to, have, to have that ruled out should never happen I mean he's quite clearly two yards onside but the other decisions were arguments for video assistance I mean it was interesting the fourth official uh, Mariner actually uh, prompted a booking uh, so he was, you know, the, the, the principle that fourth officials should take part in the game is, mm. is accepted. So why can't they have a video? And uh, if, if that had been the case, you know, enough of those decisions would have been very quickly rectified, in particular the offside one, um, for a more fair outcome. Um, and it is, as you rightly say, it is an absolute shame that we're talking about decisions... Uh, uh, Honestly, got, honestly, um, got wrong, uh, which needn't be got wrong, mm. you know. Uh, George, uh, I'm struck by something, and we see this happen uh, when teams just simply don't show up for the first half. I mean, I, I want to give credit to Stoke because obviously they, I, I thought they were set up well. They played their game, but. Um, Tottenham was just absent in the in, in, in the first 45 minutes. I, I thought. Um, why do you think that happens? I mean, in general. Yeah, well, great question. I mean, I uh, I guess that's one of the um, one of the sort of secrets of management and all that sort of stuff. Sometimes you just look at your players. It only takes it only takes one, two, or three to be uh, a couple of a couple of percent off, and it can sort of infiltrate the whole. It can infiltrate the whole team. So, um, but you know, I, I, I would I would like to say something positive about Stoke as well because I know I know we're going to come on to talk about how sort of English teams are, are, are doing in Europe but you know for them for them to be juggling the, the Europa Europa League and to be eighth in the Premier League as well at the same time is is a is a pretty good achievement and you have to say that you know for all that they're for all that you know that, that sort of old debate about style and stuff does does alienate people or it gets people's people's back up he's got Pulis has got a really good a really good team there and a really good and a really good squad well, speaking of the, of the squad, Matt, um, I'm struck by the fact that you know he basically plays four center halves. Um, you know, Mark Wilson is obviously good on the ball, but he's not a sprightly uh, a left back who's going to surge up the wing. So it's it's something that's very functional to to his system. I mean, leaning side, obviously they're all they're all sort of good size, but it it's. It doesn't. It's not something that you often see um, somebody going out there. But I guess when you break it down, if you if you leave the crossing to your uh, to your wingers, um, why not? Why do you need sort of a little busy um, fullback? Why can't you have another central defender there if he fills the space and he can pass the ball and he can defend? And I mean, defending it, certainly at fullback has become um, not non-existent you know, fullbacks nowadays the emphasis is on them to try and get forward and try and support their, their wingers and try and get around them uh, sometimes that leaves a little bit of a hole at the back I think the teams that have dealt with that best are the, are the ones that have had two holding midfield players so for instance Man City the way they play where Mika Richards is quite often is the furthest forward on the right hand side uh, collar off stroke cliche on the left hand side but they've got two holding midfield players who can fill in at any time so I think they can cope with it but sometimes I think you know, but still we, don't well, that, that, well Chelsea, Chelsea I think you know, go, go to Chelsea Basinga and Ashley Cole pushing on I I think Chelsea have found problems at the back with Louise and John Terry because of that. Um, you know, Louise sometimes gets dragged out of position as well, and there's big gaps at the back, which has caused them a problem. Um, with Stoke, that's not Tony Pierce's way. He wants his team to defend. That's what he wants from his fullback. So if it means having a bigger, bigger back line, four centre halves, 
that's the way it is um, again it enables him to play with two wingers doesn't well it? it enables him to play with two wingers he also plays with two holding midfield players as well and doesn't really get them to go in the box it's quite a pragmatic style of course but you know he's got the strength in the air then from set pieces Wheeling, which is something a bit harsh on Wheeling I mean Wheeling can play a little bit Wheeling right? is, no, not, I'm, no I'm saying he's a defensive midfield player I'm not saying he can't play I'm saying he's a defensive no, midfield no, player he doesn't get forward much but I mean he can, I don't think he gets forward he a great can pass deal. yeah no he can pass I, yeah. I'm not disputing yeah. that at all but it's the, it's the style of play that Stoke play mm. is four centre-halves two holding midfield players and the attacking is left to the two wingers in the main and the two, two forwards Crouch and Walters and relying on set pieces and long throws when you can put one of your either your fullbacks or your centre halves forward yeah. and, and cause problems in the box. That's the way they set up. It's the same with Ireland, the national team. You know, it might not be pretty to watch at times, but it's an effective style of play. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think you know, it takes all sorts. I'm not one of those that says it's an awful way to play. Um, I, I don't like it, and no, it takes all sorts. And if it's successful for Tony Pulis and his team, fair play to them. Mm. Paddy, fair play to them. Yes, absolutely. I, it was a great. Se- I, I, I couldn't take my eyes off that second half. I thought it was sensational. And okay, one team plays the way I would like. You know, I like to see, and the, and the yeah. other one I wouldn't like to see. Like everybody played like Stoke, but. Um, but the contrast, no, the contrast, the is, contrast great, isn't is what it? makes the game. Absolutely. We can't all be the same. You yeah. know, as individual players, you can't all and, be the and, same. And I have to say that the, the Stokes' performance against Bolton at Wembley last season was one of the most exciting uh, perform- displays of football I saw all mm-hmm. season. George, um, back to Spurs. They, uh, at some point, well, basically last week, they were in a situation where if they won their game in hand, they'd be second in the table. Now this defeat... It, is this a trend? I mean, can we? Can you really see Spurs finishing second or even challenging for the title? Or are they going to go back to sort of what many think is their sort of natural position, sort of battling for fourth place? I think I think they've got a fantastic. I think they've got a fantastic chance to sort of get to get back up there. Um, you know, I think there's been a leveling off of the of what you would describe as the as the top three or top four. So I do think there's I do think there's an opportunity there, and they've. Spurs have played some wonderful stuff this football and have and have um, you know have been really good. And, and by the way, you know they're not the, they're not the first of the big teams to come on stuck at Stoke either um, this season or, or not to win at Stoke. So um, it's not it's you know it's not the end of things for them. They've been an absolutely fantastic run, and of course the challenge the challenge for them is to start that is to start that again against uh, against Sunderland on Sunday. Um. Judge, I saw a stat last week that um, had that listed sort of the, I think it was over the past five years, the top eight clubs in terms of net spend. And the reason it was a top eight is that Manchester United were in, were in eighth place, which I think you know might have surprised uh, a few people. Obviously, no prices for guessing who number one was. But what was interesting was I think Stoke were, were sixth or seventh yeah. um, alongside Sunderland and, yeah. and, and Villa. Um is given that is given the spend i mean we, we we've seen that they're they're good at finishing and that they can finish a mid table um should they be entitled to should, should the owner should should the expectations towards tony pulis be, be higher now that he's been there he's had the stability he's had the money to bring in a lot of the players that he wanted um should we be talking top six or is there too much of a gap between Stoke and Liverpool? I think there's, I think there is a huge gap there. I think you know I think where they are at the moment, juggling that as, as I say, juggling that with uh, with the Euro- Europa League is a is a is a brilliant achievement. I mean I think they as a club they 
have progressed mightily. It has taken uh, taken a lot of money, and you have to you know you have to take your hat off to the, to the to the owners for backing Pulis in the way that they have done. But um, you know, making making that leap is um, is one that's caught caught many many teams out. I think I, I'm I'm quite surprised that that they are where they are on the table with those European commitments as well. And I think you know, I think I think top ten and um, you know a run in one of those cups is what yeah. they is what they should be looking for and, and what they will Absolutely. be looking for. I, I would I would say that they've they've got to probably where they should be. Um, and I, I would, I would certainly say yes. I mean, obviously, if you end, if you find yourself, try and win every football match. It's as simple as that. And if you find yourself in the top four, that would be fantastic. If you don't, don't worry about it. I mean, this is, uh, you know, and, and if you if you found a hundred year old supporter who'd followed Stoke all his life, he'd say this is absolutely brilliant. We've got. A good stadium that's full every week we've got the best atmosphere in the country man for man <coughs> sorry person for person um, we've got you know a terrific side packed with uh, uh, exciting players maybe not you know you know okay they're not Lionel Messi but they're, they're, they're exciting players in their own way um, uh, you know I don't think there's a, a single problem at Stoke I think they're doing exactly what they should be doing they've got good community involvement which is why the crowd is so enthusiastic I think they're a template for how uh, a club should be run. Um, I just want to wrap it up with a, with a question to Matt about this. Matt, a, a few years ago, you were in a comparable position, perhaps in some ways, to, to, to Stoke when, when you were at Ipswich and you got into, uh, you, you know, you had that, that run in, in the UEFA Cup um, under, under Uncle George and you you maybe didn't have the biggest squad back then, maybe not even as big a squad as uh, Stoke do. Now, I know you're kind of the freak who basically played every single game always, so you probably weren't affected by fatigue ever, but is it something that you felt and you felt hurt you in the league that, that year? I think there was a... Uh, it's always difficult. Now, are you really bionic? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always difficult when people ask that question, what went wrong in the second season? Um, you know, it's difficult to put a finger on it. I think there were a number of contributing issues. I think, obviously... Um, second season syndrome if you like teams get to know how you play your style and, and teams adapt to, to come up against you I think the UEFA Cup perhaps took a, a little bit of an eye off the Premier League for us mm-hmm. and we, we started to perhaps focus more on the UEFA Cup than the league which was a mistake you're playing Thursday Sunday Thursday Sunday all the time the travelling it's, it's, it's not just playing Thursday Sunday it's the travelling as well you know when you're away in Europe and you've got a five hour plane journey and then you have to come back and then play again on the Thursday on the Sunday and you're travelling again on the Saturday so you, you fly back on the Friday you're travelling again on the Saturday you're playing on the Sunday you're travelling back on the Monday you know all these different things don't help so I think that was a, a contributing factor um, yeah tiredness tiredness probably does play um, a bit of an issue but not for you but for your lesser human teammates right <laughs> no I, I think for myself as well I mean, you did know, you play every minute of every game that season um, I, I think I played close I, to that? I don't know I, I think I played for I didn't miss a league game for about six seasons I think something like that and you played in a position where you never had to tackle and never got poked either, oh, right? a, lot exactly. people, a lot of people say that <laughs> a lot of people tell you I didn't make a tackle but, but uh, yeah I mean but, apart from Lampard there can't be many players who've done that I think I think for consecutive um, outfield appearances I, at one stage I was a third or fourth mm-hmm. on the list or something mm-hmm. like that yeah mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the Stadium of Light, uh, where there was a, a tremendous anticipation for, for Martin O'Neill's uh, first game in charge. Um, I mean, 
it was just crazy. I I, I watched this and you, you hear the, the the reception he got coming out pitch side and so on. Um, but I want to start with you, George, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, you saw the reception. Was there a moment in the game before those those two goals in the last ten minutes where maybe you thought, "Ooh, you know, I wonder how he will react to the uh, to the defeat and uh, and what he'll work on." Yes, I mean you have to say that for 84 minutes that 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 game was pretty much uh, in keeping with everything that had happened earlier this season. Um, you know, Sunderland play play well for 15, 20 minutes, don't take chances, slip a bit, um, and and allow the opposition to come back on it, and then you can sort of see the confidence. You can see the confidence dip. I suppose the the one big difference is that if if Steve Bruce had still been manager, I think. A lot of people would have left the stadium. You know, there would maybe be a bit more dissent, dissent going on, um, and and that and that didn't happen. Um, he made a great substitution, and that you know that changed the course of the game. James McLean, who'd who'd not been seen so far this season, came on to the left, made Sunderland far more direct, far more di- dangerous, gave everybody a lift, and sort of things things took off from took off from there. I mean, it's we have to remember that before before. Sunday, Sunderland have only won three home games in 2011, so um, it was a it was a very important moment for O'Neill, but a very important moment for the club, and just great that those those people could leave the stadium feeling a little bit of uplift because it's felt it's felt like a very very long year for a lot of them. Like 90 minutes in, um, if you had to if you had to guess and speculate, um, which Sunderland regulars under Bruce will we be seeing less of between now and January? That's a great. That's a great question. I mean, I don't think there's much. I don't think there's much choice, really. Um, you know, in terms of people that you might have expected to come in. El Mohammadi. Um, well, he was on the bench yesterday. I don't think he would have been. I don't think he would have been starting all the time under under Steve Bruce. Either Craig Gardner would have had a great chance of coming in under O'Neill. He's been sort of. He's been homesick. That's one of the reasons, or, or, or unsettled. That's one of the reasons he's not been playing. I think there's a chance he would have started, but he he was injured in in training. I don't think there's really scope for much. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, you wouldn't say there's sort of anybody completely out in the cold, and Steve Bruce has got a chance of coming back in I suppose apart from Matt Kilgallen the defender who who hasn't figured at all and was on the bench suddenly yesterday but um, I think O'Neill's already said he's going to have to use the squad uh, that that he's got um, I don't think Lee Catamol obviously was, was suspended um, and I think a lot of Sunderland supporters would say him being out of the team is not necessarily a bad, not necessarily a bad thing. Will he stay as captain? I think that's one that's one interesting subject for the for the for the days and, and weeks ahead. He was sort of a totemic figure under Steve Bruce. Got sent off lots of times. Has almost become kind of a, you know, a, a parody. You would you would be waiting for that for that first for that first booking. Um, and you know he he he. I think he really is at a crossroads in his career to to try and get back to where he was a couple of years ago um, it looks like the kind of the, the game has moved on without him will he figure as much under Martin O'Neill I guess he would be the he would be the obvious one to answer that question Paddy um, Martin O'Neill is in a, in a situation um, where obviously the imperative will be you know, he's taking over a, a, a team that's near the on the edge of the relegation zone mm. um, if you were um, Ellis Short yeah. would you tell him hey Martin 
last season we put finished right around mid-table. I expect you to go, and you're a better manager than Steve Bruce. You're more intelligent. You speak in complete sentences. Um, you jump higher than he does when we score a goal. I expect you to take this group of players and work with them and do a better job than Steve Bruce did. And we finish higher up the table. And then we'll talk about money. Um, it's not going to happen, though, is it? Because that's not how football works. If I were Ellis Shaw, I'd keep my trap shut. I'd leave everything to Martin O'Neill. I wouldn't give him any advice whatsoever because... Would, what's you give him, would, you, would you give him large quantities of money to spend in January? Yes, if I had them. If I had them. Uh, I He's would, a billionaire. Of course he has the money. The question is how much longer does he want to chuck money at this club, right? Yeah, I, 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 I understand that Ellis Short doesn't want to uh, ch- keep chucking money into a, a bottomless pit. I mean, bear in mind that although Sunderland get big crowds, they've got a terrific stadium, that uh, it's, not, it's not an area of, of, of unlimited prosperity uh, where there's... You know, uh, infinite scope for uh, there's infinite potential. It, it may well be that Sunderland have reached their potential and just needed a new manager. No, I wouldn't give him any uh, advice at all. I would just sit back. I'm taking advice. Now, expectations. What would you expect well, from I, Martin O'Neill? The, the immediate expectation of Martin O'Neill is uh, is is mid table. But by which I mean, if they finish the season twelfth, that's fine. Um, I mean, Saturday was an unusual game. If Steve Bruce had still, I hate to say this because I don't like to see change, uh, changes of management unless there's a really persuasive reason. And I think that in this case there was because Martin O'Neill and Sunderland has chemistry, just as Ke- uh, Newcastle and Keegan had chemistry. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, but the point is if Steve Bruce had still been manager they'd have definitely lost the Blackburn Rovers because the crowd would have got at them and uh, and they wouldn't have kept going right to the end And uh, but it's a question of seeing 
Is that going to be, remain the pattern throughout the season? If it is, they can finish mid-table and, that, and that's great. And I leave it up to Martin O'Neill. He knows what the, the thing you do after that is. You're skirting <laughs> the issue of money here. Just, just one, uh, thing to inter, one thing to interject. Yes. Alex Short did, did write some programme notes yesterday and he, he basically said that the aspiration for the club is to be regular and established members of the top ten. I mean, they finished tenth, tenth last season just by the skin of the teeth on the last mm. day of the season and that's, that is where they want to you know that is where they want to be yeah well the, the other thing I, I would be looking for you, you're not going to make progress by buying Manchester United's washed up reserves uh, which is what uh, Sunderland have been doing for uh, too long actually um, I mean not just the two that are in the team now but uh, the the centre half I mean Wes Brown no no what's his name um, McShane you know all that kind of you know it was a few years ago to no, be but fair. Been, no, but wasn't that wasn't that a Roy Keane signing McShane yeah, yeah, yeah but they've been yeah. taking they've been taking you know they've been solving Manchester United's problems instead of solving their own and, I, and what, I, I, what's, I, I, what Sunderland need I would say George Sunderland need to buy hungry players hungry S- players on the way up Sunderland need a striker yeah. that's what Sunderland, yeah. Sunderland need someone to put the ball in the net I mean Darren Bent went Gian went before the start of the se- you know, or at the, the beginning of the season so they, yeah. those two are a massive loss now Connor Wickham I know him from my interest days he's not a natural goal scorer he's not someone who you know you he played on the say, wing a lot didn't uh, yeah he's not going to he's not someone I'm going to say he's going to get 20-25 goals a season he, you know he's a, he's a good target man he can strike a ball with both feet he will score goals but he's not that archetypal fox in the box who's going to get you 20 goals a season 25 plus a season um, Sessignon same he's not a, I don't think someone who's going to get you 20-25 no. Bentner he's brought Bentner in on loan now I don't think necessarily Nicholas Bentner no, I'm not sure Nicholas Bentner's the man that's going to get you 20 so that is an area that's under strength. I think the actual squad and the players that they've got there are of a decent standard and I think it is a, a reasonably good squad OK that's enough Sunderland now for the rest of the year between last week and this week uh, but I, I have to say something about Blackburn I think these guys are really really unlucky I, leaving so, aside the freakdom of, of Steve Keane have they been unlucky? Uh, have they been unlucky? Um Yes, in certain games they've been unlucky. Um, I don't think against Sunderland they were unlucky. I think they had one shot on target throughout the whole game, and and they sat deep and deeper and deeper and invited pressure. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think they're unlucky against Sunderland. Um, I think in Samba and Dan they've got a decent centre half partnership. I think they've got a good goalkeeper in Paul Robinson. He's experienced and he made a couple of good saves yesterday. Um, but there's areas that, that fought that, with the winners. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they, they, they were unlucky. They were unlucky yesterday in the sense that you know they'd lost three players to injury yeah. after 56 after 56 yeah. minutes and then you know they ended up with 10 players I mean 10 players on the pitch at the end through injury I mean not that that would have changed anything but you know certainly it kind of felt like things went against them in that in that sense they had a they had a second goal ruled out um, which uh, for a, for a foul on Kieran Westwood which uh, which Steve Keane was un, unhappy with you know if that had gone in then you know things may have turned I mean I know what you mean about unlucky in the second half I mean they did sit so 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 deep yeah. and Samba Samba uh, and Dan were you know were outstanding in terms of heading the ball out repeatedly but um, you know it, it was a goal was going to come at some stage because mm-hmm. just because they were sitting so mm-hmm. so far back well, obviously a, a rough season for, for Blackburn uh, and their fans and a uh, uh, rough season for, for Steve Keane not the greatest of weeks for uh, English sides in in the Champions League. Um, a lot of sort of facile jokes about you know Manchester going from being the capital of world football to uh, 
City and United meeting in the Europa League final in Bucharest, uh, another glamorous place. Um, but is there a larger theme here with City and United going out? Because people people love to see big trends. And and I'll give you an example. Like some people come out and say like, oh look, but English sides have dominated the Champions League because seven of the last fourteen finalists were were from the Premier League. Mm. Um, that may be true, but just flip side of that is just one of the last eight semi-finalists was from the Premier League. Flip side of that, only three English clubs in, I think it's the last uh, uh, four years, have failed to qualify for the round of 16 yep. before this season. So put all those things together. Is there a larger trend here or is it just happenstance and you know, City being drawn into a tough group and United being really rubbish? Yeah, I would go for the second. I think that the that the overall trend will show that usually an English team will qualify. I think this will be seen as a, a sort of a, a particularly poor year from that point of view. Uh, it's extraordinary that the two better sides have gone out and the um, and the, and and the, and Arsenal and Chelsea have gone through, but uh, that's football, as they say. But it uh, the, the 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 plain fact is that an English team's not going to win it this year. Um, I'd bet my house on that. Um, so, you know, the the point is everyone is uh, is chasing Real Madrid and Barcelona, um, and I think in terms of the overall strength, this is just a, a, a pretty funny a pretty funny year. Um, but it certainly made the uh, Europa League a bit more sexy from our point of view. Um, George, uh, I'm assuming you've got no interest in moving down to uh, leafy West London, so you don't want to bet Paddy's house, but. Um, do you buy that, that, that the no English side, that Chelsea and Arsenal are just shut out of the, of the Champions League at this point? And I'm assuming where Paddy's going to go with it, it's going to be a private affair between Real uh, Madrid, Barcelona and Bayern Munich? Well, it looks. I mean, it looks that way. I mean, it, it does. It does look that way. Um, you know, I, I, I think sort of gen, generally speaking, I think the, the the top clubs in the Premier League, Man City aside, are, are have been weaker over the last couple of seasons. I mean. Um, so in in that sense, I'm not surprised to see two clubs go out. I obviously am surprised that it was it was those two. Although you know, Man City's first uh, first first experience of the competition as a team as a club, I think they've sort of done done pretty well really. Um, you know, are the are those are, are the trend, well? Ninety nine percent of statistics are misleading. I mean, <laughs> exactly. um, uh, you know, it's very it's it's very difficult to tell. I'm sort of quite glad in some ways. I mean, no 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 offence to the to the teams that have gone out, but it's dull. Uh, I'm I'm a bit bored of seeing them playing each other uh, in the later stage, stages of the competition. And you know, we should be as football fans. I would like to think you know we could, we should celebrate the fact that teams that aren't there. Uh, regularly, uh, you know, are now back in there. It's, that's better for the competition. I know the competition is built to make the big clubs survive and stay in as long as possible. But um, if we want vibrant football, if we want vibrant European Cup, Champions League, it's great that it's great that 
those are the teams that are getting through. Yeah, just on a broader point, George, to pick up on that, um, I mean, Michel Platini said that he wanted a more egalitarian Champions League, and now we've got nine countries still in the cha- in the knockout stages of the Champions League. And I think that's terrific for football as a whole. It's sort of put a halt to the trend where we wondered, would we ever, ever see the Dinamo Tbilisi's, the great yeah. sides from the east? And it, it, it looks now that there's more chance uh, for people generally, even from um, from uh, Cyprus, you know, which is which I think is terrific. But I mean, Platini said he wanted that. He's got it. And I think from the point of view of football as a whole, it's much better. I think I think assessing the two manager clubs in or failure to qualify. I think um, you know City perhaps have been a little bit unlucky. I think they they were drawn in a very difficult group. I think they got off to a slow start, um, losing and, and drawing the, the first two matches. They had the Tevez problem at, at Bayern Munich. I think they've responded to that and the game against Bayern. Munich, I know it was their second string, if you like, but they, they got strong. And I think. Every team across Europe who are still left in the competition would be delighted that City are out because they were, for me, a real threat to win it. United um, have failed to deliver. And I think in the last game in particular, when you look at the the team he put out, in midfield, he plays a three-man midfield with two wingers and a centre-half or a defender in Phil Jones. That that was his midfield three. So that shows an area of weakness at United. Um, Or or an area of complacency. uh, I think there was was perhaps an area of complacency in that group when they saw it. And everyone, myself included, thought it was a buy-through to the knockout stages. And perhaps United thought the same. Um, The last time they failed to qualify for the group stages was, I think, 2005 and 06, when in January they bought Evra and Vidic, who have been the backbone of their back four since then. um, they went on to win, I think, the Carling Cup that year and then won the league three times in succession and won the Champions League. So for it to be a trend that's going to continue, I, I still think that United will come back strong. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson said he's not going to spend. I think he, he might. Yeah. And, and it's very I, interesting. We I, always assume that Ferguson in January, doesn't spend in about. January. I mean, yeah. that, that's a and great... That, and he uh, brought Ever and Vidic in, in that year when they, when they got knocked out of the Champions a, League last time. So you look, at, you look at the entire spine of that... Of that. You know, and I know there's a lot of, always lots to talk about spines of, of teams and all that, but you know whether it's Van der Zaar going uh, retiring, you look at the, you know the, the two centre halves who've been kind of the rock of that back 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 four back five of the last few years. They're you know they're no longer uh, clear of injury or fit at all times. Skulls from midfield. There's so much experience in that team that's been dis- disbanded now. You, there's, there's transition everywhere on the on the pitch. I think they've done. You know they've they've done pretty well in in domestic football, but I think there you know there are a lot of questions there, and it's another you know it's another Man United squad in in transition at the moment. Well, Patty, then on, mm-hmm. on the back of that, yeah. um, and, and I'll give you the last word here, yeah. but. Um, if we look at English side, the Premier League, the top of the Premier League as a whole, right? I think we all agree City are better this year than last year. Yes. We would probably agree that Spurs are better this yes. year than last year. Yes. But if United are in transition and they're not better than, than than last season, even though they do have more points in the Premier League, mm-hmm. I think most people would agree that you know the table doesn't lie when it comes to Chelsea and Arsenal that they they're transitioning. They're worse than last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are Liverpool better simply because Kenny isn't Roy? Um, a lot of people might say that they've added Suarez and, and whatnot, so maybe Liverpool's slightly better. But overall, I kind of get a sense that at the top, there's sort of a bit of a backward yeah. slide here. Yeah, I think that's And also, and it's, sorry, and, and as far as Spurs being better, Harry, you know, 99% won't be the manager next year because mm-hmm. he'll take the England job, of course. Yes. So, I... <laughs> 
I mean, is the future, am, am I a bit concerned about the future? Yeah, I see, at the moment, things are lovely because uh, in it, because two, three, and four are no, uh, not so good as they were. I mean, one is better than it has been. Our best team is better than it has been since the great, since the Mourinho days at Chelsea, I think. But our uh, two, three, and four have gone back. The good news is that five and six are much are really good now, which has not been the case. It's been the problem with our football. Are you calling Spurs five or six? Well, no, I'm saying the traditional no, no, no. five. I'm saying last season's no. five and six are now two and three standard because Liverpool are, are, are a really, really good side. Um, and that's because of uh, not only the Dalglish factor, but the uh, Suarez and Adam factor. It's, it's those two together that have made a huge difference um, so that's good but the trouble is that Spurs are brittle not only will, will they lose their manager but two predators are after Modric and their wage structure won't satisfy him so that's a worry because he's the mainspring of the team my god we wouldn't be talking about Manchester United having midfield problems if Modric was there would we and he uh, you know as Matty says that, that Ferguson isn't despite every what we say frightened to spend in, in January so I think he could be knocking on the door at White Hart Lane and Adebayor who's been another key factor this season is only on loan just bringing it back to the, the European where we, we started it and, and our you know English sides weaker perhaps than in previous years in Europe well you know you, you look at in terms of winning it and Real Madrid and Barcelona you have to say are the two teams that have caught the eye so far in, in the tournament and, right and after and after watching and after watching the Clasico Barcelona are still the team to beat that's where United were aspiring to be at the, at the end yeah. of last season when they got beat to them in the Champions League final the aim for them was to get closer to Barcelona they're further away now than they were then mm-hmm. and when you look at the league as a whole and whether it, it's weaker stronger um, certainly the, the Spanish league uh, they've got the three uh, shortlisted players for the Ballon d'Or in Xavi Messi Ronaldo they've probably got if you added it to make it number four you've got Iniesta as well to add that as well yeah. that you have to say is a, is a stronger league not in depth because the top two yeah, the, are stronger the rest of the league isn't you think? Uh, yeah I think well you saw Chelsea dismantled Valencia and you, you, you're telling me that Chelsea yeah. are, are a weaker side so, they're the third force and still they're, they're still third in Spain so in terms of depth the Premier, the Premier League is still very very strong in terms of the best teams around Real Madrid and Barcelona and you mentioned Bayern as well because they beat City when they had a full strength side those three perhaps are the teams to beat Time now for some quick hits Manchester United hammer Wolves after falling to Basel in midweek uh, Paddy what was different about United in this game two factors one finishing United's finishing I mean Wayne Rooney with an open goal blasts it in the or, or misses miss kicks and yet against Wolves he puts uh, in two of the sweetest finishes you'll ever see in your life and the second factor was that Basel after wiping the floor with Manchester United in a drawn game at Old Trafford weren't scared Speaking of Manchester United and, of course, Wayne Rooney, um, Rooney has successfully had his Euro 2012 ban reduced from three games to two. George, are you okay with that, or are you scandalized, as some people have been? 
I'm a little bit scandalised. Um, the FA played by the rules as set out by UEFA, so so fair enough. But I'm certainly not comfortable uh, w- w- with the idea of a an offence which in the domestic game would have been violent conduct being reduced. And I can understand why many club managers would be unhappy with that situation. QPR gave Liverpool a fight before capitulating 1-0. But uh, Matt, with Lucas injured and Jay Spearing suspended, how did uh, young Jordan Henderson get on in the Matt Holland role? Can we um, clarify what the Matt Holland role is? It's a guy who sits in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who leads by example in the middle of the park. It's the role also taken on by Roy Keane and seven inferior players. Look, I think with with Jordan Henderson, he's had a difficult start to life at Anfield. He's found it it hard. And there's no question. I don't think he's come anywhere near to his best form. Um, When you're asking about Liverpool and and what Jordan Henderson brings to the team now, you know, he's not this player that's going to be the creative spark. And it's not what they bought him for, I don't think, either. You know, they they brought Downing in. They brought Charlie Adam um, for that very reason. Um, Now, Jordan Henderson, I think, is a a box-to-box midfielder who makes tackle after tackle. Um, yes, he hasn't perhaps set the world alight at Anfield, but I think you know he's a young lad. He's learning the game. He will get better, um, and, and uh, you know I think he's a, a decent player. Uh, this season hasn't been his best yet. As part of their 125th anniversary extravaganza, Arsenal celebrate by beating Everton 1-0 with a wonder strike by Robin Van Persie. They also celebrated by unveiling statues honoring Thierry Henry, Tony Adams, and Herbert Chapman. Paddy, give me the next three names you expect to be honored with statues by the Arsenal. Ah, right. Well, I'm a bit... He's rubbing his hands Short together. on... Well, I'm trying to think of players under Chapman and uh, probably... Uh, and struggling a bit. Dennis Bergkamp, certainly. Uh, a lot of people would think it anomalous that you have Thierry Henry and not Dennis Bergkamp, who is equal. Uh, George Graham, there is a complication there, but I think it should be overcome. Um, and What's the other the complication, and, the and my other to, the fact that he took bugs and yes, smeared the club. Yes, yeah. but I think oh, enough okay. time. I, th- I think his, his his contribution as a manager and his love for the club uh, would overcome that, given the passage of time. And the other one would be Liam Brady. Newcastle traveled to Norwich and were beaten 4-2. Uh, that's what happens when your central defenders are both out and you have to play Perch and Danny Simpson at the heart of your defense. Uh, anything Pardew could have done differently? Perhaps name himself as a defender? I mean, he was useful. Yes. Um, no, he could have He could have switched the back four around a little bit, but uh, Newcastle has simply run out of players, which is obviously a great shame, but uh, they've got a, a decent squad, but it's a very, very small one. It did get me thinking, however, because I do remember not, not that long ago, we used to see players like Chris Sutton, Dion Dublin play at centre-half. Alan Shearer was arguably Newcastle's best defender when he played when he played for them defending at corners. You could have played one of the Amiobis at centre-half. What about center playing half? one of the Amiobis as centre-half? Or both Amiobis. Yeah. There you go. Swansea are up to 11th in the table as they beat Fulham uh, 2-0. Uh, Michel Vorm saves a penalty. Matt, is he getting your vote for goalkeeper of the year thus far? And if you say no, then you got to give me two guys who are better. Well... Two guys, not a goalkeeper. I'm going to say yes goalkeeper. because he's... Uh, <laughs> Two guys, not a goalkeeper. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Barry Barton is going to be here all week, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Boom, boom. Yeah, well done. Um, I'm going to say yes because he's got me more fantasy league points than I could have <laughs> ever, ever hoped for. Um, uh, when you when you consider about the goalkeepers this this year, I think Brad Friedel's made a huge difference to Tottenham as well. I think he's been an excellent signing. So, But at the moment, yeah, he gets my vote. 
Gab, one for you. Barcelona won 3-1 at the Bernabeu in that little old game we called the Clásico. Actually, in England, we call it the El Clásico, and people who say that should be shot. Anyway, never mind that. It was, a, I thought, a tremendous drama. What did you learn? What can you tell us about it? Well, I think the one obvious thing you learn is that um, you know rumors of Barcelona's demise are, are very premature. Real Madrid came into it uh, having won 15 games in a row. Uh, Mourinho went for the jugular, the 4-2-3-1, the high-pressing game, and Barcelona, and it worked initially. Barcelona got a goal down, but then, boom, Guardiola makes a tactical adjustment. Puyol to right back, Dani Alves uh, in, in in midfield. They break the press, and they have 60% possession, and, and they score. And episodes might have said something different, but I think it's uh, it's pretty clear that, that Barcelona are still a notch above. Also, because top to bottom, I think they also have better players. Um, not a huge blow in terms of the Liga table, but psychologically, I think it's something that Mourinho's team's going to have to recover from. That's all we've got time for this week, but you can go to www.thetimes.co.uk. You'll find your news, your gossip, your analysis. You can also follow us on Twitter. Lots of ways to keep in touch with us, so please do. Till next week, bye-bye. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.